Hello and welcome to the In the Money Media Network. This is a special show. We've done one of these before. It was about a year and a half ago. We called it the Christmas Quiz at the time. But we are back with Rowan Ward's Kentucky Derby Yay. trivia show. Rowan Ward, a trivia master uh, who has whose star has only ascended since the last time we had them on these airwaves. I'm Peter Thomas Fornatal, functioning as sort of a Don Pardo slash Ed McMahon role this evening. Uh, but let's right away just uh, bring in our host, Rowan Ward, at Rogue Clown on Twitter. Rowan, how are things? Things are good. Things are, of course, a little busy because it's about a week and a half until the Kentucky Derby, the day that we're taping this. And as anybody who works in horse racing knows, this is one of the most frenetic times of the year. But it's nice to take a few minutes and hang out with all y'all and play some trivia. It's going to be a ton of fun. Rowan works for uh, for Equibase, for Horse Racing Nation, and is uh, a guest on our airwaves as well. This is a rematch, a bit of a grudge match, I have to say, because uh, the, <laughs> the first time through, the team that ended up winning, they, they came from absolute obscurity. It was a Zenyatta-like finish for them to get it done. And that's ironic because there was a very easy Breeders' Cup question about Zenyatta that they actually missed. Um, first, we'll introduce very regular uh, member of the In The Money team. You read his work over at InTheMoneyPodcast.com. You may have heard him on the microphone at uh, Sam Houston as well. He is Nick Tomero. Nick, how are things? Doing great, Pete. Ready for the rematch. Looking forward to uh, searching, racking my brain tonight about derby obscurity that I didn't know. <laughs> and the other member of what we're calling, I think, Team Loudmouth or Team Big Mouth, um, and she, she'll she'll live up to that name too. If you get her going at a at a conference with a, with a beer or two in her, you you know her from the great work she's done at a number of places, including uh, Colonial Downs, including uh, racing in in Texas in the past, and now the announcer at Parks, driving back to her home in Massachusetts at the moment. She is Jessica Paquette. Jessica, what's going on? You know, just enjoying this scenic drive from Ben Salem back to north of Boston. I do that twice a week, but it'll be good to sleep in my own bed tonight. A great week of racing. And now I'm getting ready to feel real stupid. Are you still sore from the marathon? Are you still sore from the Boston Marathon last week? No, I'm ready for the next one. Absolutely not. <laughs> That's a hardcore answer. That's a very hardcore answer. And our challenging team, let it snow. Is that what we're calling this team? These these are the ringers, folks. Uh, first, we will introduce a woman who's introduced her first homebred into the world, a Jeopardy veteran. Um, you might know her also from Twitter at E. M-I-A-N White. She's Emily White. What's going on? Hey, I used to be racehorse rider, but I sort of rebranded after leaving riding horse racing. But yes, I did. Uh, I did just breed uh, a Pennsylvania bred. And so I'm looking forward to a few years from now when Jessica Packhead gets to call her as a winner down the stretch. So <laughs> I love the sound of that. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things. It's a, it's a bit of a Godfather three situation, Emily, <laughs> when it comes to you and horse racing. Just when you thought you were out, we dragged you back in. Last oh, yeah. but certainly not least, we bring in uh, one of my favorite authors when it comes to all things racing. We're going to talk quickly about her new book, The Foxes of Bel Air, on this show. But soon we're going to have her on for a virtual uh, book signing as well. Jennifer Kelly, how are things going with the book? 
Hi. Oh, it is great. You actually are catching me on my very first day of book tour. I did an event today and I sold some books. So it's a good day. <laughs> That's awesome. Where can folks get the book real quick? If they, the best place to get it, of course, is KentuckyPress.com, which is my publisher, the University Press of Kentucky. But if you really need to, you can buy it from one of those big box stores. It's totally fine. <laughs> All right. Now I get to shut up and let the real host of this program do their thing. Ladies and gentlemen, Rowan Ward. Woo! Hello, I am so excited. Thank you all so much for coming back and playing another little game of horse racing trivia. The format is going to be pretty similar to that Christmas quiz that we did about a year and a half ago. We're going to have round one that'll be eight questions, 10 points apiece. Each question will have a title. Some of those titles will have clues. Some of them aren't, but it's always good to listen to the title. And then there's going to be a halftime question. And then there's going to be another round two, 10 points per question. By the way, the halftime is going to be one question with five subparts, four points per answer. Round two, another eight questions, 10 points apiece. And then the final, the final is going to be very similar to last time in that one question with a bunch of answers. I changed the weighting a little bit. I thought the final was a little too heavily weighted the first time. So it's going to be two points per correct answer instead of four. But there are a lot of correct answers. So you'll have five minutes to brainstorm them oh among boy. your teams. Oh, boy. <laughs> and because this is Kentucky Derby season, all of these questions do have to do with, surprise, surprise, the Kentucky Derby. So let's <laughs> roll on into question one. Question one, it has to start somewhere. It's actually the name of the question. It has to start somewhere. <laughs> the Kentucky Derby has been run at a mile and a quarter since 1896. So long that a mile and a quarter has become the American classic distance. But what was the distance of the race from its inception in 1875 through 1895? Well, Jennifer and I have convened. I think we're at an answer. Sounds good. Yeah, I think good. us too. All right. If you guys have agreed on an answer, then let's figure out what you said. We will start with Emily and Jennifer. It's a mile and a half. No, you go ahead. <laughs> and Jessica and Nick, what do you have? Yeah, our answer was a mile and a half also. You're both correct. It is a mile and a half. It mirrored the distance of the Epsom Derby, which has been run at a mile and a half since 1784. Though, fun fact about the Epsom Derby, that hasn't always been a mile and a half. Its first four were just a flat mile. But, of course, by 1895, a mile and a half was traditional, or 1875, it was a traditional mile and a half for Epsom, so that's how the Kentucky Derby started. Ten points for both teams. Well done. Moving on to question number two, the topic of question number two, Nursery of Champions. Which farm, despite changes of ownership in recent decades, still holds the records for most Kentucky Derby winners bred and most Kentucky Derby winners owned? It hasn't owned a winner since Forward Pass in 1968, but bred 2022 winner Rich Strike, and thus also owns the ignominious honor of being the first owner to lose an eventual Kentucky Derby winner at the claim box. 
Yeah, we know this one. We're in. All right, let's start then with Nick and Jessica. What do you have for me? It's Calumet. Calumet. Emily and Jennifer? It is indeed Calumet. It is Calumet Farm. All eight of their Kentucky Derby winners from Whirl Away in 1941 all the way through Forward Pass were homebred. The other two they bred but did not own when they won the Derby. In addition to Rich Strike, they also bred Strike the Gold in 1991. So... Anyone want to take any bets on whether they're going to breed another horse with strike in their name that wins the Kentucky Derby that they don't own? No. I'm taking action on that now. But well done, that is... (laughs) Hopefully for their sake, no. Good one. That is 10 points for each of you, so it is now tied at 20 to 20. Question number three. The kids are all right. Two jockeys are tied for the youngest to win the Kentucky Derby. Alonzo Clayton, who rode Osra in 1892, and James Soup Perkins, who rode Holma in 1895. How old were they? Their age is the same as a post position that has yielded six Kentucky Derby winners, including Authentic, American Pharaoh, and Orb. We're in. Uh, yeah, we're, we're in. All right, let's switch back then. Emily and Jennifer, what do you have? It's 15. And Jessica and Nick? Uh, we have we have 18. Well, one team is getting 10 points on this one. Emily and Jennifer with 15. <laughs> they were 15 years old and six horses have won from post 15. Authentic, American Pharaoh, Orb, Fusaichi, Pegasus, Rhinestone, and Swale. I don't know what y'all were doing at 15 years old. I was... <laughs> oh, which team got the points? It would be Let It Snow got Yay. the points. Emily <laughs> and Jennifer. 15 years old they were and... I don't know what y'all were doing at 15. I was goofing around in high school, having no idea what I was doing with my life. And I mean, now I'm not goofing around in high school. Who knows if I have a better idea what I'm doing with my life at 40. But, you know, these folks were 15. Alonzo Clayton and Sue Perkins won the Derby at 15, which is blows my mind. But they did. I was tremendous. I was tremendous when it came to tabletop baseball at 15. I don't think uh, I don't think I needed to be anywhere near the back of a of a horse at that stage. Oh yeah, at, at 15 years old, I was spending most of my evenings on Verf Pipe Chat on AOL. <laughs> really, you're truly establishing your uh, your millennial bona fides. Yeah, I was about to say I was I'm like from the 90s, and I'm here to help. <laughs> I was like, I was, I was 15 in 1992. I was like, I think that's when I got my braces off. <laughs> same here. Same here. You know, I went to my first ever concert right before I turned 15. It wow. was Matchbox 20, and I met Rob <laughs> Thomas after the show. Nice. Nice. <laughs> no, it was super cool and, you know, very, very patient and nice with... Losing their mind, 14-year-old Rowan. <laughs> but yes, well done. It is now 30 points for Let It Snow and 20 points for Big Mouths. Moving on to question number four. The subject is first class. Since 2012, Churchill Downs has brought a celebrity to give the call for riders up. 
it's usually a sports celebrity. But in 2022, the honor of giving the Riders Up command went to which rapper from Louisville. He broke out performing with Lil Nas X on the 2021 song Industry Baby and is also nominated for a Grammy this year for Best Rap Song for the appropriately titled Churchill Downs. <laughs> yeah, I didn't we, know about Churchill know. Downs. I, yeah, we I do heard too. about that. All right, both teams got an answer for me? Yes. Then let's talk to the big mouths, Jessica and Nick. (laughs) I I guess Jack Harlow. And Emily and Jennifer? Yep, Jack Harlow. Well, the subject was certainly a clue this time. First Class was another big song of his. It is Jack Harlow. Well done. (laughs) There was a video for that Churchill Downs song that came out right around the Derby last year. And Mm -hmm. I remember getting, I remember it getting some flack because the song mentioned Churchill Downs kind of in passing, but wasn't really about horse racing. That said, he is from Louisville and he did get to call riders up last year. So points for everybody. It is now 40 points for Let It Snow and 30 for Big Mouths. Moving on to question number five from El Comandante to the Twin Spires. 1976 winner Bold Forbes began his racing career on what island, racing there six times before relocating stateside and winning the Tremont and the Grade 2 Saratoga Special. The most recent Kentucky Derby starter to begin his career there is Mr. Frisky, who finished eighth in the 1990 Kentucky Derby. Yeah, we're ready when you guys are. Yeah. All right. And Let It Snow, are you ready as well? Yeah, we're good. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Let It Snow, what do you have for me? Puerto Rico. And Big Mouths? Puerto Rico. It is Puerto Rico. Okay, good. I was like really nice. worried. <laughs> well, the clue was a little bit of a tricky one nowadays because well, that track is now called Camarero. Yeah. But okay. it was not, when Bold Forbes was racing there, it was not renamed yet after Camarero. It was still El Comandante. It is Puerto Rico. See, I thought, I was like, is that a Cuba reference that I'm completely missing? <laughs> no, it's just okay, the old good. name of the major track okay. in Puerto Rico. You got that right. And <laughs> yes, Mr. Frisky is the most recent horse. He was undefeated in Puerto Rico. Uh, Bold Forbes was not undefeated in Puerto Rico, but Mr. Frisky was. And then came Robert Perez, that- Rowan, was that the owner? Robert Perez? and was the trainer Carejas? Am I, am I anywhere right with that? For who? Bold Forbes? No, or no for uh, Mr. Mr. Frisky. Honestly, I have to look that up because I I do not remember that, but I'm going to look that up right now. I dimly remembered in the recesses of my brain. That, it's, that it's, time, it's time to make a flashcard. It is time to make a flashcard. I remember watching the 1990 Derby broadcast on YouTube and Mr. Frisky because I remember watching that Derby, but I don't remember the connections. Who were you saying was the owner and the tr- the owner? And the I was trainer? guessing Perez was maybe the owner and Carejas the trainer, but I might be from, I might be That's remembering a different speedy. horse with Frisky in the name. Oh. And your speedy is who you're thinking, Pete. Kai. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm actually, it's interesting. I am... As of his last start, he was ridden by David Flores and trained by Joe Garcia Jr. Okay. But Equibase only has 91 forward. 
It looks like uh, it yeah. looks like Laz Barrera had Mr. Frisky and then passed away while he oh, was training go. Mr. Frisky, and that's when he moved to the Garcia Barn. A little bit of a connection there to this year's Derby scene, as uh, Gustavo Delgado worked for mm-hmm. Laz Barrera, who has uh, who has a uh, mage in uh, in this year's in this year's event. It's it's funny in racing all the little threads you can you can pull at, you know. Nope, so many because it's it's hard to it's hard to get into racing without at least along the way knowing somebody else in racing and then knowing somebody else because it's such a small world. So yeah, it's always really fun to follow these connections because they're everywhere. Jessica, you had something for us. I something very important, really relevant that everyone's going to be very interested in. Uh, Mage's dam won the Jill Jellison Stakes at Suffolk Downs, and Forte's dam finished second. That's a, that's actually really cool. I mean, if, if it it's not a cool. trivia show, if you can't bust stuff out, you know, connecting us back to the East Boston Oak. We'll always go back there. That's where all roads lead back to Suffolk Downs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's a so it's a generational grudge match. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, that's exactly. That's great. Yeah, Forte's damn wants revenge through. Forte. <laughs> yeah, I love it. <laughs> Way to play the long game, guys. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess Forte got a little bit of revenge finishing ahead of Mage twice in Florida, so maybe it's Mage's turn again. We'll see. Maybe. <laughs> two fills. All in on two fills. All in. <laughs> all in. I am very excited about two. I'm very excited about two fills, especially because Mia Tori ran at Arlington back in the day. Mia Tori being two fills is damn, and so. Yep. I was going to make you. I was going to hold you all your feet to the fire for a dirty pick at the end of the show, so we can we can return. <laughs> yeah, we uh, should. I, I definitely, I definitely don't have my derby pick yet. I've got kind of a handful of horses that I've got my eye on. I am usually a not until the draw. I say usually because yes. there was one year I had my derby horse in September of the year before. He did not win the derby, but he sure did beat American Pharaoh in the Travers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're bringing back bad memories here, Rowan. Come on. Um, There's I'm still a chalk outline of the floor of the paddock bar when that thing came to claim uh, us late. He nice is I, my boy. I, I, I still explain to my daughter why she's going to have to go to state school. <laughs> <laughs> my God. That's great. Oh, great. Let's move on to question number six. Question number six. Who's your daddy? Four sires are tied for the all-time lead for producing the most Kentucky Derby winners with three apiece. Name any of these four. As a hint, two of them were born in the 19th century, two others were born in the 20th, and both of the 20th century ones sired a triple crown winner. There are four. You only need to give me one. We got it. All right. Sounds like Let It Snow has it. All right. We've got an answer. Okay. We've got an answer. Then Nick and Jessica, what do you have? Bold Venture. All right. And Emily and Jennifer. We went with Jennifer's boy, Sir Galahad. The third. The third. (laughs) All right. (laughs) There were two others for Galahad's. (laughs) The answers are... 
There is Virgil, who sired Vagrant Hindu and Ben Ally. Falsetto, who sired Chance, His Eminence, and Sir Huon. Sir Galahad III is correct. Gallant Fox, Galahadion, and Hoop Jr. And Bull Lee sired Citation, Hill Gale, and Iron Liege. So that is 10 points for Let It Snow. Okay, but the real trivia question is which Kentucky Derby winner is sired a Kentucky Derby winner is sired a Kentucky Derby winner? Oh, 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 I know this one. I know this one. And there's two of them. It's Rye Count oh. and Pensive. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Oh, is, oh, that's right. Pensive is the other. I thought there was yeah. just the, the Rye Count, Ray Count and then... Ponder Ray and Count, Needles. Ca- yeah, Pensive, Ponder and Needles, Ray Count, Count Fleet, and my beloved Count, Count Turf. Turf. Now, do you, right. do you know this stuff from just being students of the game, or is this like a specific trivia studying thing? Oh, no, this is I, from being students of the game. Yeah. Okay. This Up is, to this is, point in the game, I was with you with everything, and then it, it, we were talking a foreign language. Also. Like, rare, rare, does, rare does a question about horse racing come up in our trivia games. Usually it's yeah. like, here's the strait in Australia that runs between Tasmania and the main Australian and like, what's the name of the straight? And I'm like, as a name, which I'm okay with too. But <laughs> yeah, yeah I've like... had to learn a lot of geography, particularly as I was studying for that second chance for Jeopardy last year, because uh-huh. geography's always been a giant blind spot for me, and it is not for Jeopardy. They love asking about oh, geography. Yeah. And see, I did the three generation thing last year or a year before because I wrote about it for Champions of the Track. So I had done yeah. all that research already. <laughs> I just find I it fascinating that those are the chains. Dick I is forgot like, about pensive. Yeah. What's wrong with these people? We have so much. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. There a lot of, there's a lot of racing obscurity that you'd be very disappointed how much I know. So. <laughs> and, and looping back, Nick, you and, you and Jessica said bold venture, right? We did. I had no and, idea. That was Jessica's answer. But I'm not. Oh, I mean, it. It's a good answer. He's, I mean, Bold Venture is a good answer. He sired two. He sired Assault and Middle Ground. Yeah. yeah. That was why I went with him, because Assault was a Texas bread. Yeah, no, there are a lot of, well, I say a lot of sires. There are 16 sires who have sired two Kentucky Derby winners, including one active sire into mischief. Right. Who can tie Virgil Falsetto, Sir Galahad the Third, and Bully if Rocket can, Sun Thunder, or if he draws in Cyclone Mischief wins the Derby this year. So would be pretty incredible. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think the more like the thing that would be more shocking for me than Into Mischief getting a third Kentucky Derby winner, given how well he's going, would be if it happened this year because i'm not i'll admit i'm not terribly keen on the chances of any of his sons i was i was gonna say i was gonna make a smart remark about that triumvirate but then i remembered that rich strike won the kentucky derby last year so i decided (laughs) to shut the hell up there you go (laughs) yeah but i mean if there's one thing i could have said about rich strike even last year it's that his pedigree didn't exactly suggest distance limitations to me whereas Particularly with Rocket Cannon, Sun Thunder, I have my distance questions with them. <laughs> but we'll find well out. Totally legit. <laughs> After six okay. questions, it is sixty to forty. Let it snow. Moving on to question seven. He can do anything. 
Johnny Longden is the only person who has won the Kentucky Derby as both a jockey and a trainer. He rode Triple Crown winner Count Fleet to victory in 1943. Who was his winner as a trainer? In 1969, his horse beat Arts and Letters in both the Kentucky Derby and the Preakness, though Arts and Letters turned the tables in the Belmont. We got it. All right, let it snow has it, so big mouths, take your time. Uh, sure, we're ready. All right, sounds like we have answers from both teams. So how about let it snow? <laughs> Go, Jennifer. This Majestic Prince. And big mouths. I mean, the answer I was going to give was Cannon Arrow. I know that's wrong, but I'm not going to lie. It is not Kenny Nero. It is Majestic Prince. Well done. And when I said Johnny Longden could do it all, I mean it. There's actually a short hit in the racing form in 1954 that talks about him driving a harness horse that he owned to victory. So he's dabbled in a little bit of everything and is still the only jockey and trainer to win the Kentucky Derby in both of those capacities. Typical horse racing, even when you're as successful as Johnny Longden, you still need four or five jobs. <laughs> that, that's how horse racing works, right? True. <laughs> All right, moving on to question eight, the last question of the first half. For Sharpies only. Some names of dams who produced Kentucky Derby winners are downright regal. Something royal, even. Some are a bit sillier. Which Kentucky Derby winner was out of a dam named Noodle Soup? Not only does his name share most of the letters or the word in his dam's name, but he is one of only two Kentucky Derby winners whose sire and grandsire both won the Roses. He was by 1949 winner Ponder, a son of 1944 winner Pensive. Are you kidding me? No! <laughs> I did, I did the OQL thing it. of spoiling the half. <laughs> These trivia oh. nerds, I tell you, you can't invite them anywhere. Oh, dang. <laughs> We're just going to well, talk about trivia all day. <laughs> well, we we have it. <laughs> okay, and and Big Mouth. Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> all right, Big Mouth, what do you have? I, we don't really have an answer. No, no, noodle Kugel, I don't know. <laughs> and we are, let it snow. We're, we are Dick. Yeah, we're not we're not on our game first half. Well, this is a similar pattern to what happened last yeah. time. So don't, yeah, exactly. Don't, don't it's still yeah. 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 Well, it's needles. It is needles. Noodle soup produced needles. And as we were discussing before, the other set of these is 1951 winner Count Turf. Who was by Count Fleet, who himself was by Rye Count. So, man, I what's funny is I wrote these questions a few days ago. We're having that discussion, and I had a little something in the back of my head being like, Does this come up later? No, it doesn't come up later. It's just a fact I'm obsessed with. Oops. Uh, just put just put great me question on mute. title there. Just, the just Sharpies only needles. Very good. Yes, that was a deliberate <laughs> clue for Sharpies only because it's needles. 
All right. So at the end of the first round, it is 80 points for Let It Snow and 40 for Team Big Mouths. But there is still halftime, second half, and final to go. So plenty of time for that Zenyatta, Silky Sullivan, whoever you whoever you want to model your run after. For me, it's per- perhaps the most aptly named horse in recent Chicago racing history, Silky Sammy. I really hope they knew that she was a closer when they named her that. That said, halftime. The subject is... Superstar state breads. 114 Kentucky Derby winners and the vast majority of Kentucky Derby starters were bred in Kentucky. But let's see how much you know about the ones who weren't. You're going to get five lists of three Kentucky Derby starters each. Among that list will be at least one winner. In which state were the horses in each list fold and i'll go ahead and give you the three lists and i will paste them in the chat so you can see them the first list is regret dance floor irish war cry the second set lord murphy kingman typhoon the second your third at the threshold, funny side, Somrot. The fourth, Abe's Hope, Dust Commander, Western Playboy. And the fifth is Kawaii King, Broad Brush, and Homeboy Chris. You have three minutes to discuss these, figure out what state you think each of these trios were bred, and we'll talk about answers after you have figured out what you've got or those three minutes elapse. Good luck. Sounds like you've got everything written down. So with the first one, we will start with Big Mouths. Regret, Dance Floor, Irish War Cry. New Jersey. And let it snow. New Jersey. Jersey. That's four points for both of you. It is New Jersey. Something I love is regret was even out of a mare named Jersey Lightning. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Number two, Lord Murphy Kingman, Typhoon the second. Let it snow. All right. This is the one that I had to really like reach into the recesses of my mind and make a full on guess because I am unsure. Montana. Um, and big mouths. Great Britain. Um, neither of you are correct. It's a ah. super random state though. What's funny is all three of these are winners. Oh, it's a state, right. So of course I went, I went international, right? They're all Tennessee breads. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was like, I I was okay. It used to be a big deal. It used Tennessee. to be a big deal. What is the hilarious? Tennessee Derby was I mean, once a bigger deal than the Kentucky Derby, right? And yeah. and all and all three of these, 1879, 1891, and 1897, they're old school winners and the thing is though only tennessee florida virginia and california have more kentucky derby winners than tennessee it used to be a huge deal in tennessee yeah yeah andrew jackson was a thoroughbred breeder and his whole base was in tennessee so yep i just was like ah i know there's a montana bred winner and that's was (laughs) (laughs) we'll get there (laughs) 
threshold, funny side, and some rot. Let it snow. New York. And big mouths. Yeah, New York. Of course it's New York. Funny side being the gutsy gelding and those derby prep fights between Samrat and Uncle Sai back in 2014 gave me so much life. I loved their battles. But yes, they are all from New York. So four points for both of you there. Abe's Hope, Dust Commander, Western Playboy, Big Mouths. Nebraska. And Let It Snow. We said Texas, baby? Nope. This was a player quiz master. Illinois! Oh, gotcha. I was looking at Dust Commander and Western Playboy, and I was like... "Mm." Yeah, no, Western Playboy was trained by Illinois classic Harvey Veneer. Dust Commander is the only Illinois-bred Kentucky Derby winner. And it's kind of funny that you said Montana, because some people say 1889 winner Spokane was Illinois-bred. He's not by how we discuss the term of bread. He mm. was conceived in Illinois, but he was fooled in Montana. There you mm. go. So he, Spokane, is our Montana bred gotcha. Kentucky Derby winner. I have to so get to the is, big sky eventually. <laughs> there is one. It just wasn't Lord Murphy or Kingman or Typhoon II. It was <laughs> Spokane. And finally, Kawhi King, Broad Brush, and Homeboy Chris. Let it snow. Emily. Maryland. And Big Mouths. Yep, Maryland. Sure is Maryland. Um, Kawhi King and Abe's Hope were actually the same year. They both ran in the 66 Kentucky Derby. And mm-hmm. Kawhi King, unfortunately for us Illinois folks, got the best of Abe's Hope that year. <laughs> but very well done, though. You each got three of the five, which means you each get 12 points in this round, meaning it is nice. now 92 to 52. But again, still a lot of points to go. Let's roll right on into round two, which is going to be a lot like round one. Eight questions, 10 points apiece. Question number nine. Easy as A, B, Z. Who is the alphabetically last Kentucky Derby winner? He captured the run for the Roses in 1923, also scored in the Belmont Stakes, and soundly defeated the 1923 Epsom Derby winner Papyrus in a match race going a mile and a half in the mud at Belmont Park. We got it. Yeah, you could go ahead and we'll, uh, we can answer first. Okay, what do you have? Zorro. <laughs> <laughs> Not, not Jennifer's fox, but a fox indeed. How yeah. about how about let it snow? It's Zev. It is Zev, who was owned by Harry Sinclair, the Sinclair oil guy. He named the horse after James W. Zevley, who was his lawyer who did some of his dirty work in the Teapot Dome scandal. Whoops. Negotiated some oil leases, gave a nice loan. To Interior Secretary Albert Fall. So not only is Zev the last, alphabetically last Kentucky Derby winner, but he's also named after a somewhat scandalous figure in American history. I was going to say, Rowan, nothing nothing like that would happen today, would it? 
No, no. never. No. Absolutely never. No. And Zev is the subject of the book Racing Across America by Jamie Nicholson from the University Press of Kentucky. <laughs> there you go. Good, so, good, so good your book. knowledge of Way to be a, literature. a company woman there, Jennifer. Good stuff. <laughs> I read the book, so it's really good. I was like, also, that sounds like a book I need to put on my list because yeah. I have not read that book, and that sounds awesome. Yes. All right, number 10. A good horse can come from anywhere. The great Northern dancer who won the run for the roses in 1964 is the only Kentucky Derby winner who broke his maiden at which racetrack. He debuted in a five and a half furlong sprint against Canadian breads, thrashed them by eight lengths at odds on, and it was onward and upward from there. One of Queen Elizabeth's favorite sires, if I, if I know that uh, correctly. <laughs> I, I think I remember talking to, Jim Lawson about one of his, maybe his only, but maybe one of his audiences with her. And apparently all she wanted to talk about was Northern Dancing. And his well, that is so cool. There's enough of them overseas, so you can't find a horse overseas without Northern Dancer. So. It makes sense. My little filly, I love to point out her pedigree has like five or six Northern Dancers in it. So we're kind <laughs> of, we're full up, we're full up on Northern Dancer here. That is plenty of Northern Dancer. Okay. All right, sounds like Big Mouths has it, so let it snow. Do you have it? I think so, yeah. All right, Big Mouths, what do you got? We're going to say Fort Erie. And let it snow. Uh, we took a stab with Woodbine. One of you got it right. It is the delightful Fort Erie. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I, I thought know. about it might be that, but I was like, uh yeah. Well, yeah, there uh Derby winners breaking their maidens at Woodbine aren't common, but there have been three of oh, them. Oh yeah. Um 1916 winner George Smith won at the old Woodbine, the one we now call Greenwood, and both 1983 Sunny's Halo and 2009 Mine That Bird graduated at the current Woodbine. Although honestly, I'm holding out for a horse to break their maiden at Isinaboya and win the Derby because <laughs> I that I mean, I have been to Fort Erie. I love Fort Erie. I've been yeah. to Find five times. I love it. Assiniboia is so high on my bucket list. It is not even <laughs> funny because their their simulcast feed is just so much fun. I am obsessed. <laughs> well, Doug McPherson, if you're listening, please forgive me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Doug's not going to be pleased with that. No, that miss. I yeah, that Fort is. Erie, I thought Fort Erie was in the United States. <laughs> it's very close better. to the United States. It's basically right over the border from Buffalo. Mm. I should know better because Sir Barton ran there, so I should yeah. fail on my part. <laughs> but yeah, no, it is. It, it is right. It is right over from Buffalo. That was probably just. I've been on some madcap road trips, and one of the most madcap was one that I went on with. Um, Carly and Ryan and Nicole, we all got off work at Arlington, drove all night to get to Monday of opening weekend at Saratoga, went to that, crashed that night in Saratoga. The next day, went back across New York over the border into Canada to go to the Prince of Wales for Erie, and then went home the next day. It was Bonkers. It was delightful. It was the year Cool Cat of Mine upset the Prince of Wales. Rowan, you're not sick at all. <laughs> just I'm a little bit. I'm tired just listening to that. <laughs> all right, moving on to question 11. Short fields, 
Betters love the huge field in the Kentucky Derby, but that wasn't always the case. The smallest field in a Kentucky Derby was just three horses in both 1892 and 1905. But in which decade was the last time the field was under 10 horses? It wasn't that long ago. One of the jockeys in this year's Kentucky Derby even rode during this decade. Okay, we're ready when you guys are. All right, sounds like big mouths have it. So whenever you're ready, let it snow. Okay, I think we yeah. we might have yeah. it. Yeah. All right, let it snow. What do you got? We're we're gonna try the 80s. And big mouths. Yeah, we have the 80s also. You're actually both a little bit late. It was the 70s. I thought I was like, okay. Dang, I'm so sorry. Specifically, <laughs> 1976, <gasps> the one by Bold Forbes. It only had nine horses. You know, what's funny is 13 lined oh. up in Secretariat's Derby, 10 in the bids, but only nine horses in the Bold Forbes Derby. Mm -hmm. And Ken Towhill, who's oh. riding wild on ice, got his start in the California <laughs> Fair Meets in 79. <laughs> Man, I thought it was in the 70s, but I was like, oh. I thought it had I'm to be sorry. just on the math, on the jockey math. I thought it had to be. I, I'm the one no, that ordered Jennifer Ken up. This is Kendall riding as a teenager in the California fair meets in 79. Oh, my gosh. And Ken, yeah, so and I was until, like, and and Toe Hill is even a Nebraska jockey, so shame on me. So, <laughs> yeah. But now you know. Great question. Thank yes. you. All right. I think that's the first, I, I, except for, I guess, a couple parts of the halftime. I think this is the first full question that some good to me. So, yeah. All right. We got plenty more, though. Question number 12 Saturday afternoon's all right for fighting, too. Who is the only horse who broke his maiden in the Kentucky Derby and never won again? He was the second straight winner for trainer Herbert Johnson, nicknamed Derby Dick. He also won the year before with the more accomplished Burgoo King. This question just makes me want some Burgoo. <laughs> <laughs> we had some good Burgoo weather at Keeneland this spring, let me tell you. Uh, we've had some good Burgoo weather here in Illinois, but since it's Illinois, we just don't have good Burgoo. <laughs> you got to make your own for sure. That is true. Okay, we got it. All right, let it snow has it. So big mouths. Yeah, go ahead. All right. So big mouths, what do you have? We're gonna say that following up Burgoo King was Chili Queen. All right, and let it snow. <laughs> no, no. I love it. It's a broker's tip. The fighting was a clue. Saturday afternoon's all right fighting for fighting because he is the horse who won the fighting finish, finish in 1933. Broker's tip. John, oh. Don Mead and Herb Fisher were slugging it out atop the horses down the lane. There are two other maidens who have won the Derby. Sir Barton in 1919, as I'm sure Jennifer knows very well. <laughs> She's never heard of him. No, and Buchanan <laughs> in 1884, but they did both win other races later. So this is Broker's Tip. I just, I'm obsessed with that fighting finish picture, like the picture up the stretch where you can see the jockeys just going at it. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I was tempted to cheat on this one. I have this lovely piece of memorabilia on the walls. My, uh, my grandfather was a brand manager at Four Roses, and they did... <laughs> 
This is from 74 because the last oh. the last winner mentioned there is a, a horse we've all heard of called uh, Secretariat. But anyway, mm -hmm. I, I was tempted to go over here and, and check in. And speaking of Sir Barton, I think one of us might have um, him and ink tattooed on our body. Is, is that correct? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I want to see. Am I supposed to show this off? Jessica's like, is that, is that, an, is, maybe, was that I want to eat food. Or is that allowed? I, I'm, I've been slapped for asking people to show me their tattoos before, so I got to be careful. I don't mind. It's just uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, do people care about my tattoo? I do. I love it. It's so good. <laughs> Jessica's like, I want to eat food. <laughs> All right. Let's, let's move on then to question number 13. We got four more in round two and then the final 10, 20, 30, 40. Tell me that you want to hold me. Which alternative rock band released the 1994 song Bull in the Heather, named after a gray horse who finished 11th in the 1993 Kentucky Derby? According to lead singer and bass player Kim Gordon, the song is about using passivity to rebel, to rebel against male-dominated culture. Beavis and Butthead just compared the video to Romper Room. <laughs> oh, the band. Full marks yeah. for any Kim Gordon references on this network. I, I'm very, very pleased <laughs> with this question. There's a... Music yes, pop culture talk, question yeah. about Jack Harlow in the first half had to balance it out with some pop culture in the second That's half. Right. But this is old people pop culture. <laughs> and by old people, I mean people about my age. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. No, that I, as I just an remember. old. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're good. Yeah, All right. We're... And with that, um, let it snow. Who do you got? Uh, I feel like this is wrong, but is it the Breeders? And what do you got? Big Mouths. Sonic Youth. It is Sonic Youth. Ah, that, 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 that had to be Jessica. That I was wasn't like, you, Nick. Yeah, Jessica came up with it at the 11th hour. Well <laughs> done. I was well going to be out. I definitely put a, a mark next to her name if she didn't get that one, knowing her musical taste. Yeah, yeah, the the, bre the breeders have another like the the breeders have the other early nineties rock on. band Kim Kim Deal. Okay. That's right. Good. That was a good guess. Okay. Well, it was like I Atomic Youth were on an episode of Gilmore Girls, and y'all are gonna laugh <laughs> at me because that's my way of placing them. But. <laughs> That's like, I know they were troubadours on season six of Gilmore Girls, but I could not remember the name. And that is how <laughs> bad I am. <laughs> but no, it is a, it, it oh. is a bop. It was actually, this is just one of my favorite weird trivia things, just because Beavis and Butthead's my favorite TV show of all time. So it's like 90s music, horse racing and Beavis and Butthead all falling together into the singularity of trivia that makes me so ridiculously happy. Um, Powerful the convergence there. The gray no, horse in hey. the video is not Bull in the Heather, but there is a gray <laughs> horse in the video, which makes me very happy. Holy bull. <laughs> Let's move on to question number 14. Who's your daddy? Part two. <laughs> two stallions accounted for seven of the 20 horses in the 2018 Kentucky Derby. Who were they? One sired four entrants, though only one of his progeny was in the top 10. The other sired three all of whom finished in the top 10. All right, we've got an answer. Yeah. All right, Big Mouths have an answer. How about Let It Snow? Yeah. Okay, we'll lock in with what we have. Yeah. All right, and with that, uh, Big Mouths, what do you got? 
So one, the one that had three that finished in the top ten is Into Mischief, and I think the other one is Tap It. And how about um, how about Let It Snow? We went with Tap It and Scat Daddy. Neither of you are correct. One of you has one of the correct sires. There is no tap it. Scat Daddy had four. Justify, Flame Away, Combat, and then Mendelssohn. Curlin was Curl- the other oh. one. Good Magic, Vino Rosso, and Salamini. I was obviously not going to ask you about the five chickle babies in the 1923 Kentucky Derby because I'm mean. I'm not that mean. Thanks. I appreciate it. (laughs) And ironically, doesn't actually, I'm not going to say anything in case I spoil it later. So (laughs) I'm over between Curlin and Tappet and Scat Daddy because I was going, okay, who's who's sire? (laughs) Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the the only Scat Daddy you finished in the top 10 was a pretty big one. Yeah. His others. Okay, but but yeah, I mean, there are a ton of stallions who have had three in a single Kentucky Derby in the mischief, which was 2021 was the year that he had three Curlin tap it 2016, which there were also three Uncle Moe's that year going mm-hmm. back gone west Cox's Ridge Damascus Erbiger Royal Charger Nasrula Pompey broomstick ballot McGee a ton but the only ones that have more than three were Scat Daddy in 2018 and Chickle in 1923. <laughs> so, gotcha. All right, number 15, Unbreakable Records. It was big news when Justify won the Roses after only three previous starts. However, one horse won the Kentucky Derby with only two previous starts, a race at two and a single prep at three. Who was it? He shares his name with a major character in the Shakespeare play Cymbeline and is currently the namesake of a stakes race for three-year-olds at Turfway Park, a race that Fantastic again won in 2023. We're ready, Roan. All right, Big Mouths have it. So whenever Let It Snow is ready. Oh, oh. I got it. I got it. All right, let it snow. What do you have? I think this is the rush away. And how about Big Mouths? Uh, Leonidas. <gasps> That's it. Rush away is a stakes race. Oh, sorry. But Leonidas That's is it. the one I was asking about. That's it. He, he showed maturity winning the 1883 Kentucky Derby and only his third career start. Oh. He was a little more childish when he went back and ate the bouquet of roses. So it was before they got a blanket of roses, they just got a bouquet, and Leonidas decided that he was going to have it for dinner. Oh, my God. As soon as you said it, I was like, this it. <laughs> it's not often I call a record unbreakable, but I don't think any horse is ever going to win the Kentucky Derby in their third start. I, You know, watch me be wrong. Watch that happen oh, next no. year because I said it's never going to happen. But I'll go on record and say I think it's never going to happen. No. <laughs> Don't give modern trainers a chance. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, please, they're, they're, they're going to go right, you know, right from the OBS sales to the Derby. That, that yeah, I mean, like, no. There you go. Yeah, yeah, that was a, listen that was to the show. Time. Come fight me. <laughs> it's never going to happen. That's right. I, I can't believe there was a Cymbeline Derby tie-in and it wasn't Giacomo. So I, I, I don't know what I'm full of surprises. <laughs> All right, and finally, the last question of round two. There is a final after this. This is the last regular question. 
back across the pond. We began round one with a question that harkened back to the Epsom Derby, so let's finish with one as well. Which American Triple Crown winning rider is the only jockey to win both the Kentucky Derby and the Epsom Derby? Okay, I think we have it. All right, let it snow has it, so... Big mouth. I'm letting Jennifer. I'm, I'm letting Jennifer field this one because I think I just need to quit while I'm ahead. <laughs> oh, stop! I was so proud of pulling a turfway stakes out of my head, the recesses of my brain. All right, we've got something. Yeah. All right. So let's start with Big Mouths. Who do you have? Uh, we were between two of them and we went with Steve Cawthon. And let it snow. It's Steve Cawthon. It is Steve Cawthon. Yeah. He won the Derby in 1978 with Affirmed and actually won twice as many Epsom Derbies. He won in 85 with Slip Anchor and 87 with Reference Point. So well remembered both of you it is steve coffin so before we get to the final let's get a score check <laughs> and let it snow has a lead but it's diminished just a bit in the second round let it snow is on 122 big mouths are on 92 but still plenty of points available in the final round. Remember, you will have five minutes once I read the question to think of answers. Two points per correct answer, but there are 21 correct answers to speak of. So <laughs> you, okay. can, you can come up with a nice big list. Um, do, do not do not list more than 21. You get you get 21 chances for 21 correct answers. I'll give you the five points or sorry, I'll give you the five minutes. And then what I'll do is read the list of correct answers. And then you teams can say if you have it okay. or not, because we're not going to sit and have you read your entire Thanks. list. Of 21. Thank Don't you. Worry. <laughs> but the final the category is they are the champions. With Forte, the certain favorite in the Kentucky Derby, we're going to go topical here. Handicappers often express skepticism over the chances of a two-year-old champion in the Kentucky Derby, but over the history of the race, 21 champion juveniles, including Colts or Phillies, have actually won the Derby. Who were they? And since I know there is some stuff about early champions, here's the rules. This includes retroactive champions from before 1935, as determined by the Blood Horse panel. Eight are from that period. The other 13 are more recent. Between 1936 and 1970, when DRF, Turf and Sport Digest, and later the Thoroughbred Racing Association all did awards, champion honors from any one of them count. Though, in case it's a clue, only one of the Derby-winning champions in that era was not a consensus winner. The other 12 were consensus. You have five minutes to think of answers, two points per correct answer, no penalty for having wrong answers on your list. And with that, unless you have, do you have any questions about the question or the clarifications about what champions are? Nope. Hearing no, none? We're good. Excellent. Good luck. Your five minutes begin now. And that is five minutes. So 
have you both got your lists and ready to figure out who who the answers are? Okay. The best we can. The best <laughs> we, we can. Yeah, this our collective brains. <laughs> like, is this? This. Yeah. All right. So we'll start it. We'll start old and go through time. The first one was in 1896 with Ben Brush. Shocking. I didn't remember that one. Yeah, I don't know how. I don't know how I missed that one. No. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's uh, that's old school. Um, another like an even more obscure one, I think, in 1912. Worth. Oh, yeah. OK. Yeah. 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 No. <laughs> yeah. No, I know for, Ben Brush, but it, I forgot that Ben Brush was two year old champion also. So did, did big, big mouth. Did you get did you get worth? No, no. The earliest one we have is the earliest one we have is so yeah no that is two, like two swings and misses from both teams by ben brush and worth i am not surprised by this it's fun trivia but i assume the more recent ones are going to be the more accessible ones but we still got a few more old ones 1914 old rosebud got that one is that a yes? oh yeah Woo! oh yeah there we go there we go that's a yes from let it snow how about big mouth did you get old rosebud we did not no as All big right. of a fan of Citizen Kane as you are, Nick, I'm surprised. You <laughs> this is the even older than Citizen Kane, Rosebud. <laughs> Named after a, a bourbon. I love it. Okay. And then the very next year, 1915, we have our only champion Philly to win the Kentucky Derby right. or champion two-year-old Philly, Regret. Yep. Oh. Let it snow how it. Mm -hmm. Did did Big Mouth have regret? We did not. No, I mean, we, we we have some, yes, but not that one. <laughs> yeah, we, we, the earliest one we have is Citation. Okay, so we we got a few to go before we get to Citation. Yeah. Um, nineteen twenty-two Morvich. Yes, yes. You seriously <laughs> had Morvich? Girl, I wrote. Sorry, Rowan. I wrote an article about the 1922 derby in Prickness last year. Oh, right. <laughs> so that would be a ringer here. That was, that was Jennifer. That was Jennifer. <laughs> All right. So Tremendously let's... huge nerd. Tremendously <laughs> huge. So let it snow had more of it. Night, and then we go to the very next year, 1923. Did either of you have our old friend Zev? We did. Should have had Zev, yeah. <laughs> All right. Sounds like Let It Snow had Zev. Um, 1928, another name that's going to sound a little familiar after something that came up earlier. Ray Count. Nope. Nope. Sounds like nobody had Ray Count. No. Father nope. of Count Fleet. Grandfather of Count Turf. As <laughs> He's we all know. everywhere. I'll remember that. <laughs> all right. 1934, the only Kentucky Derby winner to have, like, the only Kentucky Derby winner to have won his two-year-old championship in the same year that a movie that shares his name won Best Picture, Cavalcade. I was about to say, that was not, okay, yeah. Nope. I was like, okay, 
Yeah. Yeah. No, the 19, the 1932 slash 33 best picture Oscar went to a movie called Cavalcade. I have that one. Yeah. And I was just sure my horse Slumdog Millionaire was going to equal that record. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Um, And then the last one before Count Fleet, 1941. This is actually the only one who was not a consensus two-year-old champion. Whirl away. We have that. He was the Turpin Sport <laughs> Digest champion in 1940, but DRF named Our Boots their champion. Our Boots only ran eighth in the Derby. So it sounds yeah, like that one did Don't go. trust those DRFers. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like that one went to just let it snow. 1943 Kentucky Derby winner, Count Fleet. Yep. And Yay. of course, you have it as well. Big mouths count fleet, you said, or did you have citation? Did you say citation was your uh, citations? Our first one, citation. so we're almost, almost there. Almost there. Almost there. Almost so, 1943 count fleet that is just let it snow. The good news is, is the next one 1948 Kentucky Derby winner citation. There we yep. go. Put Big it on the board. Big mouths got it. Did. Did um, Let It Snow have it? Yeah, we did. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, 1956, speaking of names that have popped up over and over again, our old friends Needles. No. <laughs> no. We have that. You have that. So that I have is Needles. Two. That was that the only reason that I, I capitalized on. <laughs> that was the... Uh, I got fuzzy on like the 50s to the 60s. I was like, um. Oh, yeah. My brain just went into a total vortex Ooh. there. Well, I mean, there's a good reason that you got fuzzy on the 50s and 60s. You want to know how many champion two year olds won the Derby through the 50s and the 60s? Needles. That's it. That's okay. it. <laughs> okay. Okay. That was a bit of a drought on champions. The next one was all the way 1972 Derby winner Riva Ridge. Oh, I forgot about Riva Ridge. No. Oh no. Sounds so sounds like just Big Mouths had Riva Ridge. Jennifer, are we about to lose this one in the home stretch again? Right here. This was this could get interesting. I I'd written them off. All right, next one. 1973 Secretariat. Yep. We had that one. Yeah. yeah. Both teams had secretariat. Somehow that does not surprise me. 1975, Foolish Pleasure. I do not have that one. (laughs) No. I was going like derby winners in the 70s going like, what are the names? (laughs) All right. So nobody had Foolish Pleasure. 1977, Seattle Slough. Yep. Both teams had Seattle Slough. 1978, Affirmed. Yeah. Both teams... 1979 spectacular bid yep and you had it as well big mouths yeah yep both teams had the bid and then probably part of why people are like oh two-year-old champions never won the derby there wasn't another one until 2007 with three cents okay we got that one yeah that one (laughs) and big mouths so you had street sense as well okay and only two more. The next one is 2015 American Pharaoh. Yep. Both teams had American Pharaoh. And then the last one to do it was 2016 and Nyquist. Nyquist. Thank you, yep. Emily. 
You're welcome. And Big Mouths, you had that one as well? We did, yeah. All right. So that is the list of 21 champion two-year-olds, Colts, or in one case, Philly, who went on to win the Kentucky Derby. And with that, that is the end of the game. So what is our final score here? Drum roll, please. Congratulations, Ooh. Let It Snow. Ooh. Great Good. job, ladies. We got boosted. Nice job. Yeah, we got uh, we got smoked. I sense a uh, I sense a grudge match uh, evener somewhere down the match. line. One to one now. Hey, that, count, you want to no. play trivia? Count me in. I am always good for trivia. That was that was all Jennifer pulling out old rosebud morbid Sev. <laughs> yeah, I think I have to do some... Breeders' Cup trivia later later in the yeah, year. But Breeders yeah, but Cup we can do. Yeah. Yes, Breeders' Cup trivia. I'll have to put a pin in Breeders' Cup trivia and start gathering the best bits of it for later this year. Hey, I <laughs> I'm know. sure Pete can twist somebody's arm for a sponsorship at the Breeders' yeah, Cup. Yeah, we can probably make that work. I know I know we got people who have to get places, but there's a, a little bit of business I want to do. <laughs> the top of it, though, is just thanking Rowan for Thank their you, Rowan. Uh, patience and intelligence and uh, charisma putting together this fantastic quiz and, you know, really making this whole thing happen. It's such, just such a great pleasure to work with you. It was a little scared. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be lie. I was a little scared (laughs) about what was ahead. I was like, um, (laughs) they went easy on you. Do I need to start like studying? And my husband (laughs) said, what are you going to study? I was like, everything. (laughs) The entire history of the Kentucky Derby. (laughs) I've seen enough of the trivia flashcards where I'm like, oh, oh, I'm nervous. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I mean, I have, I have thousands of trivia flashcards very few of them are about horse racing because mostly horse racing just tends to stick i've got i i get razzed by brits that i play trivia with about my grand nationals being a little fuzzy so i have like a handful of those things on flashcards just to help it stick because i play enough british trivia that it gets asked about that's great other than that but no thank you so much for having me back here and letting me write this game and coming to play Awesome. Yeah, and great. Last, Thank you so much. Uh, the last thing I want to do real quick, you know, I don't have to hold feet to the fire for a pick. You can give a short list, you know, could be a pick. It could be three horses you're thinking about, but I just want to, I want to hear some names of derby horses that were, uh, that we're thinking about at this stage. And Rowan, I think we should start with you. Okay. Yeah. I definitely don't have my pick yet. I do have a line on two fills just because I like that. He seems to be going the right way. He might go off at a bit of a price because that last prep did happen at Turfway, but he was competitive against good horses down at fairgrounds. He's already a graded stakes winner at Churchill. So I love the figure last race too. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, which I think people are going to shake it off and, you know, take it with what you will because that did come on a synthetic. But on the other hand, he has enough dirt form. And I'm also kind of a big fan of if everything else on paper looks good, if it's connections that fewer people know about and therefore maybe fewer people are going to bet. But having been following the racing in Chicago for as long as I have, I've seen Larry Ravelli and Jared Loveberry win a lot of horse races. And so I definitely have a pin in two fills as kind of a price horse as far as 
other horses who I have in the mix. Um, I really like how Tappet Trice is coming along. I think, you know, he's still got some learning to do. His, his Tappet is showing, but it's starting to show a little less. I was impressed with his bluegrass just because even though he drew the fence in that big field, he was still able to get out in a timely manner and not have to close from as far and he's also one who i trust to get the distance being you know by tap it out of donza Trice, they've got some stamina on both sides of his pedigree so he's one that i'm looking at and then really depending on the odds he's not one i'm interested in taking chalk on but just because i think there is a little less pace in this year's derby than there is some years and because you're starting to get enough evidence that yeah maybe some of those japanese horses can hang with american speed i'm gonna have Dermasotogaki somewhere in there as well he's certainly one of the ones i'm super interested in when you do when you do the correct pronunciation of tappet trice's dam's name you you bring up sore memories with with me and nick who tried so hard to make his name tapatrice but we were we were corrected <laughs> over and over again until we oh, finally no. gave him right. i really wish it was tapatrice donzatrice that would make name. me so happy <laughs> nick what's your short list right now obviously we'll chat with you next week more yeah a lot of the same from Rowan. two fills uh Dermasotagake, kind of the main two for me. Tap it, tap it trice a little bit as well. But um, yeah, those those three are kind of my focus. I I spent a part of last night writing a contender profile for in the money podcast.com about two fills. I watched every replay. I'd already watched them a number of times, but yeah, I think he might be coming in the right way. I think he's very interesting at what should be a good price, too. Emily, how you lean in at the moment? I haven't looked at it yet. I won't until like Friday, uh, Thursday. Probably smart. I yeah I like I like to wait um, until I have the hot browns in the oven. Um, <laughs> but that being said, I think Forte rolls these kids. Um, he just seems to be a really good horse, and so far head and shoulders above everybody else he's faced. Um, he's besides- got a nice misty look, doesn't he? You know that like all those big wins mm-hmm. and on form and form wise, like you're saying. Leaves mm-hmm. you know, rules and then and then doesn't have the figure edge, but neither did Nyquist, and then he stepped up on the no. dice. Last, I'm not yeah. going to be super surprised if Forte Nyquists me, but <laughs> I'll, no, yeah, I'll live no. with it. <laughs> no, I think I think class prevails here. That being said, uh, if he's in, um, I'm rooting for Wild on Ice because I grew up watching uh, bullring racing at Horseman's Park in Omaha. And Ken Toehill rode there every summer. And so just to be able to see him ride in a Kentucky Derby is oh, really, really no, he's cool. in, he's above the line. So yeah. 50 points in Sunland was enough. That, yeah, that that's true. I, I knew he was in. I just didn't know if they were going. So uh, they're going in Toehill's riding. Awesome. Um, that's what I'm hearing. Jennifer, how about you? And then we'll, we'll, we'll get out of here. Where, where are you leaning at the moment? Whoever draws post 10 or post 15. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like I listen to Nick like every week when he's on Steve's show, Steve Vick's show. And I'm like, I listen to everything people say. And then we get to day of and I'm like, I made all these future bets. Please let at least one of these horses win so that I can break even. But honestly, <laughs> I, I'm more likely to make 
a pick after the draw because then you can have a better mm. conclusion about who's going to go and who where they're going to be and stuff like that. Because in a 20 horse field, it feels like a ca- cavalry charge and it makes me very nervous. So yeah. I'm just like, I will pick later. <laughs> Rowan, any closing thoughts or should I send this thing home? I think you can send this thing home. Thank you so much for having me and Nick and Emily and Jennifer and Jessica. Thank you so much for taking a few hours out of the extremely busy derby time to play a little trivia. Anytime. For Rowan, for Jessica, for Nick, for Emily, for Jennifer, and for producer AJ doing the yeoman's uh, work, pushing all the right buttons behind the scenes. I'm Peter Thomas Fornital. May you win all your Kentucky Derby photos.